What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stats to Assets podcast. I'm your host, Coach Ernie Williams, but I go by Coachy. Man, today we about to get into it, y'all. Get into the bag, the dime bag, the play. Man, I got an awesome guest, Jake Kelfer. I want to welcome you to the show, man. What's up? How are you, Coach E? I'm pumped to be here. This is going to be a blast. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited, too. You guys, we're going to get into, man, being an author, becoming an author, wrapping your head around that in a speaker as an athlete, right? Um, Not retired athlete, professional current athlete, or getting ready to graduate from college, okay? So Jake is the man. He's going to lead us into some, some things about that in that career. But, um, man, Jake, introduce yourself. If nobody has heard about you, uh, give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if this is the first time hearing about me, you guys, I'm Jake. What's going on? Uh, people call me Coach Kelf since we're on the theme of coaching here. Yeah. Here, here was me. I, I was growing up, kid from the suburbs, dream of playing in the NBA. I'm in, from L.A., so the dream was playing with Kobe. All right? I grew up watching Kobe. I was like, I want to be the next Kobe Bryant. I want to be on the, on the squad with him. And – by the time I got to high school, I realized that I could pursue a lower division basketball or I could pursue my academics. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to go academics because there's more opportunity for me down the road. I'm going to take that. And thank God I did because as a 5'8 kid, that was probably the right decision for me. And as I was there, though, the dream of playing in the NBA still stayed. The only yeah. issue was if I couldn't play, how could I get on the court? And so I studied to be a sports agent. I wanted to represent the best players in the world. And if I couldn't be the best player in the world, then I thought I could represent the best players of the world. Fast forward and coming out of college, I get my first job actually working for the Los Angeles Lakers. So even though I couldn't play, wow. for the team, I started my career for the Lakers. And it was so funny because, you know, like on draft day, they, everyone's wearing their suits. They got their decked out outfits and yep. they get called up and they got it going on. So when I got my acceptance letter, right, my offer letter, I put on my suit, my Lakers tie, my Lakers <laughs> hat, and I was like, with the first pick of the corporate partnerships draft, Jay. <laughs> so I, I always try to make things fun. And I was working with the team. It was Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. I end up seeing the impact that he has on the entire world. And it is, it is game changing. And I'm like, I need to have an impact like that. And I thought, to be honest, I thought I had to be wealthy. I thought I had to have success. I thought I have years of experience before I could start helping other people out and impacting their lives. Mm -hmm. And as I saw Kobe in action and people spend their life savings to come watch him play one final time, I realized I could do this right now. And fast forward six months, the Lakers don't make the playoff that year. Kobe retires, I retire, and I actually launched my first book to the world called Elevate Beyond, which is all about standing out in the job market and discovering your passion. As that book came out, I went on to start speaking. My book started to be used in colleges as required reading for their sports management students and for other career development work. And then I said, well, how do I leverage all this success on the book and speaking side back into mm -hmm. my basketball world? And I said, well, if I can't play, what could I do to help these athletes turn their dream of playing pro ball into their reality? And so I basically created a secondary NBA draft combine called the Pro Basketball Combine. And mm -hmm. we brought players from all over the country who had just missed out on the NBA combine high school guys that didn't have the career college career that people had hoped um, or people that were playing at smaller schools, D2 schools who had real NBA talent, but they weren't getting the right looks because people were like, Oh no, you can only do it at those schools. And we ended up helping over 70 guys sign their first contract over the course of three years. Mm -hmm. 
Fast forward, I've written three best-selling books, traveled the world as a speaker, and now my primary focus is really helping uh, athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, executives turn their life experience, their transformation into a book that will help them build credibility in businesses on the back end. That's awesome. Man, talk, talk about the, the combine just for a second, because that's an awesome type of creative pivot to keep going and get into the community more. What was it like? Um, well, what, what were the first three things to create that? The first three things were saying, I'm going to do it, right? Because mm -hmm. taking on, and, and I didn't think of it like this, but a lot of other people did is, is I didn't think of it as taking on the NBA as a competitor, right? Because mm. I saw it as I'm going to create something that will help the NBA. I think the mm. NBA is the greatest sports association. Like I love what they do. I think, I think they've continuously created new initiatives. I think if you look at NBA interest worldwide, it continues to grow. And I was like, well, what could I, how could I play my role? And so yeah. I had to kind of really focus on what is this collaborative effort there? The, the second thing that I, that I really had to do was commit to it. And what I mean by that is I was a 23, 24 year old at the time trying to put on a massive event. I didn't have the funds. I didn't have tons of sponsorship deals. So I really had to take a risk on myself. I invested a ton of money up front and said, I'm going to find a way to make this work. And following that, I just couldn't allow no's to dictate if I was successful or not. Mm -hmm. Because I started calling up all these agents. Hey, you want to send your guy here? Hey, you want to send your guy here? I was like, if I can negotiate with some of the best agents, Without even being an agent myself, they're going to see me as someone they need to take seriously and potentially even offer me a job on the back end. Yeah. What happened was is I got so good at navigating and building out what was the right offer. How do we make this event something that people want to send their players to that eventually that commitment paid off. The results spoke for themselves. And then we were able to grow it and offer additional opportunities. But the key thing here, coach, the key thing here is this. We wanted to help NBA draft prospects turn their dream of playing pro basketball into their reality. We had mm -hmm. 23 players come through our program in year one, 23 players signed a professional contract. We had a nine or 10 two-way contracts. We had tons of summer league invites. We had guys going to the G League and we had guys go overseas. But that was our goal. And I, I want everyone to take note of here is when you have a mission, honor mm -hmm. the mission, and execute and do whatever you have to do to help the right people get the result that they're seeking. And if you can do that and put them in a position to succeed, no matter what it is that you're doing, or no matter what you want to be doing, you'll achieve some serious results. I like, I love that gem you just dropped. When you were talking, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, what is your why? What was, what was your why? Your might may be different now, but your why back then to get that combine to run um, despite the no's, despite all the calls, despite the people, other people saying, Hey, you're competing with the NBA. What are you doing? Right. Cause some people, uh, they get stopped in their tracks. There's an obstacle there. And you have, in my opinion, you have to have a couple of whys or a big enough, deep enough why to be like, keep banging the calls out. Let's do it. Like, what was that for you? What, what drove you? I'll give you two answers here. One of them is the, the me why. And one mm -hmm. of them is the us why, okay? Mm -hmm. the, the us why and the bigger mission was turning dreams into reality. And the way that I was doing that through the combine was helping pro basketball prospects mm -hmm. get signed so that they could turn their dream of playing pro basketball into their reality. The whole reason I wanted to be an agent was because I wanted to help these athletes sign life-changing contracts. I wanted to help these athletes achieve a lifelong dream so that they could 
have a better future for them, their kids, their families. I wanted to be that type of agent because there's a lot of crappy agents out there. And I'm sure you've seen, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that maybe are great at their job, but they're not great at taking care of the person. They're, they're in it for their own gain. And I really wanted to, to see what I could do to really help these guys. So that was why one, okay. That was our us. Why selfishly for me, another big reason that I wanted to, this was, I was a young hustler. So I didn't want to go back to the mail room and, and, and do that. I had a best-selling book and was speaking all over the country. I didn't really want to go back to the mail room on minimum wage and grind it out. So I, I needed to think bigger. And so for me, doing this event allowed me to connect directly with these top tier agents, connect directly with these NBA executives, connect directly with the top basketball national media outlets. Mm. Very few people my age had that type of network. But because I took on a challenge that was as big as my own dreams and as big as the dreams of the people that we were helping, I was able to step up, build a network, and that created a lot of opportunities. And so that's kind of like the big why is I wanted to open the door for me by helping other people. Mm -hmm. Awesome. From that, what other doors opened up? Because once you have that kind of, you built the table, Right. A table that helps many people, agents, teams, even media outlets for them to come <laughs> do their job, right? There's some there's some other like lanes that were open to you, not necessarily like that you took them, but what what opened up? How did that help for you? There were a ton of things. I mean, I, I was able to have different agents as referrals, right? So if I had a player come through, I could potentially recommend them. I was able to advise kids on their, their situations, which mm -hmm. was really amazing and, and be a friend and not somebody because I didn't have a title. I didn't come with a percentage tick off their contract. I yeah. came with a, 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 an open heart and a willing ear to listen and try to get them the best advice. But there were also real tangible things that came from this. I mean, I was, I had a full feature on, on me and creating this event in sports illustrated. That's a Jeez. magazine that I read every freaking day and week growing up as a kid and yeah. so then to be featured in a whole article because of what we created. That was awesome to be featured on a, on a reality TV show because of this event. Uh, the ball family, when Langel ball came to our event, they brought mm -hmm. the whole Facebook TV show and I was featured in that. Like that was wild. I got cool. to meet some players who then became scouts, but players that I watched growing up who then turned into scouts. And I was like, Hey, you know, I got to meet some of these guys. And that was really cool. We also got to be able to take the combine and say, how do we improve this? So we got to have, we created a financial literacy workshop for our athletes who created a social media branding workshop. So mm. all the athletes that came, they got exposure to that before their contracts were signed. Right. Mm. We had, the ability to create an entire media camp for people, college students who wanted to get into the world of basketball. We created basketball 101 and we had all our executives and media people teach students how to get jobs in sports. So we were able to do so much more, but it all started because I was willing to put myself out there to have this dream of helping more players achieve their dream. And that led to so many opportunities. And today it's still something that I get to talk about and yeah. To promote it and I get to share the lessons that I've learned and I get to live those lessons from these athletes and amazing high performers that I've gotten to learn from. That's awesome. So amazing that you were what age 22, 23 and getting, putting your foot down, getting some action and getting that type of experience early to catapult your career before 30. <laughs> yes. That's, and that's amazing. Um, so 
yeah, it's just it's just amazing. I wanted you to share that bit just because some people um, there's something that they should do and they can do like the combine. Right. But they're motivated. They're going to be more motivated by the doors that they can open. And some people are thinking about, hey, the goal is the combine for now. And let's see what happens. Some are flipped. So I just wanted, I wanted to dig into that a little bit with you because the people that are thinking like a little bit further, uh, what's the doors that I can open? Okay, yeah, now I really got to go in on this combine or whatever that, that task is. Does that make sense? For sure. I mean, look, we, we all have something that we desire, right? That's, yeah. that, it's a dream, whether it's the next level in your sports career, whether it's the next level, an extra zero in your bank account, whether it's the promotion at work, we all have that next thing, the, the business that we want to get off the ground. But here's the truth. No matter what it is that we want, there has to be a vehicle to getting us there. Mm -hmm. And that vehicle is often the action items and the things that you can do to get there. And so whatever I have as a dream, I needed to find my vehicle to doing that. And the best vehicles are the one that can help a lot of people along the way. Yeah. And if you can help more people, then you're going to be taken care of naturally. Because people are going to see you as the answer. And when people see you as the answer, they start to come to you. When they come to you, you now have the opportunity of choice. Yes. Choice allows you to choose what you actually want to do, not what you think you're supposed to or have to do. Talk to us, Jake. Coach come Jake. <laughs> come on, man. That's awesome. man. Okay, so let's get into it. I believe and I, I think all athletes, college, pro, should – should have a, a, a bit of a career, not career, but they should have opportunity to speak for, to get paid to speak and share their story and also write a book. But let's talk to people about what's the benefits of that. You know, let's what, cause that's daunting to some people. And some people are like, Oh, I played overseas or I played D one D two, but I, I feel like I don't have a, a big story. I, I can't help people. Is that BS or like, like, What's the mindset? What's the benefits of actually speaking um, and creating your book? So if you want to speak, be a motivational speaker, or you want to have a book and, and use that book to help you become a motivational speaker, you, you got to answer a few simple questions. And, and, and answer one is, do you really want to help people, right? If, mm -hmm. if you're not impact focused, it's going to be very tough to, to produce a really high quality book that changes people's lives, right? Intention is critical in human connection. So ask yourself, do you really want to help? Then you got to ask yourself, who do you really want to help? Yes. And then you got to ask them, what can you help that person do? So for example, I'll use the combine as a, as a great example here. I said, do I want to help? I knew I wanted to help. Well, I said, who do I want to help? Well, I wanted to help NBA draft prospects have a chance to play pro basketball. Well, how can I help them? I could put them on stage in front mm -hmm. of the decision makers who could hire them. And I did that in the form of a combine because of that. Now I had a platform to start to speak on. And so when you're looking at it, answer these questions of who do you want to help? Do you want to help? And how can you help them? And this will start to get your, your mojo flowing because whether it's speaking or whether it's writing a book, the biggest thing that you want to do is how do you help somebody get the result they want? Yeah. And how do you help them get the result they want by sharing your experiences in your story? And that's where you get to put your flair on it so that people see you as like relatable, trustworthy. Oh my gosh, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm. And that's when once you have that, you can teach them what are the actual action steps to getting there. 
And that's a very, very clear framework for speeches or for writing. And to bring it all together, to answer your question of like, can anybody do it? I believe if you have experience, knowledge, skill set, and you want to make a difference, mm -hmm. I believe that you can package that in a way that will help somebody change their life. Awesome. Awesome. Talk to us, uh, take us through the process of your first book. You know, what was it? What's the title of it? What was it about? Um, and just all the emotions, the, the work ethic that, that, you know, you put into that first book. I, I love this question. And, and I, I'm going to be, be real honest here. I had no freaking clue what I was doing to be a writer. I thought that I was going to have a long career before I wrote books. I didn't think I'd have my first book at 23, but yeah. here I am. I'm, I'm in an elevator. Um, I'm in an elevator working with the Lakers and Jerry West comes into the elevator. All right. And for those that are listening, if you don't know, uh, most of you will probably know if you listen to this show, but if you don't know, Jerry West is the NBA logo. All right. He's the guy that the NBA made their logo after. And yes. what's crazy about this, I'm in this elevator and the person working the elevator has no clue who Jerry West is. And he looks at Jerry and he says, excuse me, sir. Um, do you have a credential? Because if not, I need you to step off. <laughs> and, and I'm in my mind, like, do you know who you're talking to? You know, this he guy didn't know. but Jerry doesn't have a credential. I mean, he's Jerry West. So, Jerry looks at the elevator uh, attendant and says, no, I don't have a credential. And the guy looks at him and says, okay, you need to get off the elevator. I got to take this young gentleman, me, down to the court level because he's got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. So Jerry's about to step off and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jerry's my guest. I'll escort him down. And the person working the elevator now is really confused because I haven't said anything this whole time to Jerry because I've been nervous. My pits are sweaty. My palms are heavy. Like, hey, <laughs> and, and he looks at me and he goes, are you sure? And I look at Jerry and I wait for Jerry to give me the nod of approval. And he does. I say, yeah, I'm sure. So I walk Jerry down. I walk Jerry down. And right as we go our separate ways, I'm thinking in my head, he's going to be so pissed off at me right now because I had to, a bottom level employee had to help him get down. Or he's mm -hmm. going to be so pissed off because the person didn't know who he was. But he looks at me sticks out his hand, shakes my hand, and he says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And it was right then and there that got me over the hump of, I don't need to wait for forever to write this book. I don't need to have a certain amount of success because mm -hmm. he taught me a very simple truth. We are all just people. And we all just want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your preferences sexually. It doesn't matter your preference religiously. What mm -hmm. matters is that we're all human beings. And Jerry West, the NBA logo, made me, a 23-year-old assistant, feel like the most important person in the room. And I said, that's the secret sauce. And so that led me to asking myself, well, what do I know and how can I help? That, along with some things that happened with Kobe, but that yeah. led me to saying, what do I really know? What do I help? And truthfully, again, I didn't know much. I, I was less than a year removed from college. But what I did know was how to get a job at the Lakers. I did know how to get great internships. I did know how to interview really well. I did know how to build a great resume. People were already asking me about that. Their kids were in my fraternity. My younger brother who's three and a half years younger than me. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll write on that. And mm -hmm. so fast forward, I'm leaving at five o'clock in the morning to avoid LA traffic. I get to Lakers office. I'm typing in my car before work. And I'm just grinding this thing out. I'm Googling literally how to write a best-selling book, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm looking at Google. I'm trying everything that I can do. I said, when do I launch this thing? 
Well, I was like, I don't know. So I said, well, when's Kobe retiring? And I looked and I was like, we ain't making the playoffs. So end of, end of April season's going to be done. Boom. May 1st launch date. <laughs> you know, okay. I didn't know, I didn't know what cover colors to you. So I just thought of everything I could think of. And I ended up making the colors in honor of my good friend who had passed away. Boom. All of a sudden I end up launching this book. It's called elevate beyond a real world guide to standing out in the job market and discovering your passion. And on launch day, we have a big launch party and on launch day. I'm getting ready, winding down. And I hit number one bestseller in the paperback and multiple categories on ebook and everything. And I'm like, holy crap. Wow. Like I just did that. I'm 23 years old and I just did that. What's possible now. But that was the story of, of essentially my first book and going from, I got no idea to I'm going to figure it out. There's always a solution to a problem. You just have to be willing to put in the work and know where to look. Yes. Action. Executing an action and not letting things get in your way. Like you said, look for uh, knowing where to look for help. Um, good stuff. Let's talk about really quick. I want to make sure I get this question in up to life. Now, what has been your hardest moment, um, hardest moment of adversity to deal with and um, overcome? There's been a couple moments, you know, and, and I will say I, I've been very blessed to live the life I have. And I don't I don't take that for granted. You know, I, I have parents who love me. I have a family that supports me. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But there, there have been really two big moments for me that have that have and time periods even. But the, the first one is I was going off to college and I was going to USC. It was my dream school. I was so excited about it. And I get there and it's welcome week. That's the first week you're at college and it's supposed to be the greatest week ever. You move in, you meet all your new friends, you mm -hmm. start going to different parties, you start going to see the clubs, organizations, you're getting free food, you're, you're doing all this stuff, right? They're trying to bribe you to get you involved. And I'm like, I will be bribed right now. Like I'm happy to be bribed. Just give me more free food and give me more experiences. And so while I'm there, I'm meeting people and this is where I thrive. Like I love meeting people. I get a call and I get a call saying that one of my best friends had just passed away. Mm -hmm. Now he's been battling cancer for four years and he beat cancer, but he passed away from liver failure. And so here I am, I'm at college and supposed to be an unbelievable week. And I just find out one of my really good friends had passed away. Now I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't know a ton of people that were already at USC. I didn't have my normal friend group. And so I'm someone that talks a lot. I'm something that gets like shares what I'm feeling. And I didn't have anybody to do that. And I didn't want to be a burden to somebody else who I had just met. I didn't want to bring them down. So I actually went home to be with my family and people flew in and went to the, the service and, and, and all of that stuff. And I come back to school. I'm a shell of myself. I'm going through something. It's the first time I'm really processing something this heavy. And I get another call. And this time my mom calls me mm -hmm. and she says, Hey, your dad just fainted. He needs to get an emergency pacemaker. Mm. Now my dad's my hero. Yep. And now for me to be at USC and not be back at home because I got a classes starting, my whole world was thrown upside down in that, in that moment. And so that was one of the toughest parts because it, it was unknown, unfamiliar, uncertain. And I really had to, to recognize the power of you cannot control what you cannot control. And we may not always be able to control what happens to us, but we can always control how we respond. And so every day I tried to just 
get a little bit better. I get a little bit better, start becoming more of me and becoming more of me. And eventually, you know, I never forgot those experiences, but I've used those to channel in, you know, don't take life for granted. You never know when it's going to go. You know, if you love somebody, call them and tell them that you love them, right? Surround yourself with the people that really mean the world to you and do what you got to do because you got one life to live. So live a life with more W's than L's. Live a life with more assists than turnovers. And if you Mm. do that, no matter what adversity you face, you'll come out on the other side and be stronger because of it. So that was one big time period. Um, That was a big adversity for me, really dealing with loss and, and, and dealing with hardship of, uh, around people that you really care about. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I love, I love the W's and L's, <laughs> uh, live life of more wins and losses and the assist to, um, turnovers. The assist is like helping, impacting gratitude. Um, I love that. That resonates with me a lot. Um, yeah. So let's, let's change gears here. Take, um, you're thinking about that college student and even the current professional athlete two or three years in. Is their process going to be different if they want to say, hey, I want to write a book? Is their process different um, or is it the same? So the process of executing is fairly similar for anyone who wants to write a book. Okay. okay. But here's, here's where it gets interesting. Depending on where you're at in your journey may dictate a different type of book, right? So Mm. for example, if you're a college student or you're a professional athlete for three years versus if you're an executive who has been working for 30 years, the life experience has changed dramatically over time, right? Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. And so what you have to understand is that a lot of people think they have to have all the answers before they could teach somebody. But the truth is, You just have to be one to two steps ahead of where somebody else is at. So if you're a three-year professional athlete, do you know how many people want to know what a professional athlete's life is like? Do you want to know, do you know how many people are dying to get access to you and your information? Everybody, right? There's a reason athletes make so much money. There's a reason why people always want to be athletes. But then on the flip side, the college student, the college student may have, and I was talking with the college student recently who has a 501c3. She's building up a nonprofit talking about diversity, equity, inclusion. And I was like, you could write a book right now. Mm -hmm. And here's the big thing that I want everyone to know is that if no matter what journey you're at, you have to be one to two steps ahead of the person you're trying to help. And don't focus on telling people how great you are and what you've done, because you may still be on your journey. Instead, Instead of saying, look at me, look how great I am, start saying, come with me. Let's show how great we can be. And when you take that, and we call this the come with me genre of books, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're sharing the journey as it happens. You're not expected to have every single answer. You're just expected to help the reader get the result that they're looking for and that you promise in the book. And so this is really, really powerful. And so that's the big focus here is you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be the best in the world that all you need to be is just a little bit ahead of somebody, because if somebody is at a level two and they want to get to a level six, that could be life-changing. They don't necessarily yeah. need to go from a two to a 10. They just need to go from a two to a six and they might've solved the biggest problem that they're facing at that moment in their life. And so that's a critical, critical component when it comes to writing a book and starting to feel confident about 
writing, regardless of your experience or regardless of, of your age, or if you don't feel like you really have done enough to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I love that. I, I need to hear that. And a lot, I think I, I know a lot of people need to hear that. You only have to be two or three steps ahead. That's, that's very key information. Um, thank you for sharing that. Has there, yeah, has there ever been um, a time in your journey so far where you got, um, how do I say this? There was something that you needed for personal development. There was like a skill, a character, little thing that you're like, ah, I I know where I need to get. I got to get to this higher level, but I got to fix that first. Um, What was that thing, if you can remember? And how did you fix it? Did you get a mentor? Did you just do self-development on your own? Everything that I desire and have ever desired is always the next level. We're human beings. We always want something more, right? But one of the big things that really helped me in this process, I'm going to give you two answers. One was an internal thing, and that was the practice of gratitude. I used to think practicing gratitude was absolutely cheesy. Like, oh, I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to enjoy the freaking tree leaves and all this, all this other stuff. I'm like, that's <laughs> garbage yeah. stuff. Like, like I, I wasn't about that. I was like, I'm just going to man up, get through it, bang it out, make it happen. What I realized, though, is that if you want to get to the next place, you have to stop striving for always wanting more and start being grateful for what you have. And when you yeah. can really start to be present and start to see that, for me, that started to shift the way I thought. It started to shift my expectations. It started to shift my beliefs. It started to help me become more present, more grounded. I started making better decisions. So gratitude was a huge piece for me to be able to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. The other side of things is every time I've wanted to level up in any aspect, speaking, business, and anything, The fastest way I've been able to improve is by hiring and working with a mentor or a coach. Mm. When I was trying to get my speaking career first started or my first book, I had a mentor. He was somebody who helped me out. He gave me guidance. He showed me what to do, sped up my process. When I really started doing more speaking, I started reaching out to higher level speakers to find more mentors. When I wanted to take my business to the next level, I hired a coach. When I wanted to work on my mindset and get that to the next level, I hired a coach. And here's the truth. All athletes at the highest level have coaches in every aspect of their life. All athletes to get to the highest level of their sport have coaches along the way to get there. But for some reason in our natural personal life, if we are no longer playing sports or if we don't play sports, we think we need to figure it out all on our own. Yeah. Why? Let's take the athlete's mentality. Is LeBron James LeBron James if he doesn't have the coaches, the trainers, the nutritionists, the, the nutritionists and everybody else? No, probably not, right? Would he still be unbelievable and have been an unbelievable NBA player? Yeah. Like LeBron yeah. James real. But by having all these additional people in place, by having these coaches, he has guidance, he has role models, he has the ability to be the greatest player in the world for as long as he was um, during the time. Um So I I think it's really important that we kind of take that mindset with all of ourselves. And I know for me, the internal practice of gratitude brought me down to to be present and more grounded, but the investment of hiring coaches and working with mentors allowed me to scale up and build so that I could reach those new levels and unlock those new opportunities. Yes. Awesome. Um, Last question here. I want you to talk about your new project. You got a project, you're doing some documentation, right? Yeah. Explain, explain what the project is so people can follow along on the IGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. So, so 
you know, obviously we talked a lot about today, a lot about this action, right? A lot about yeah. taking action, going after your dreams, making things happen, enjoying the process while you're in the, in the pursuit of it. And I was starting to think about my getting ready to write my fourth book. And I was like, let's make this fun. How do I make it a challenge? How do I bring people along? And how do I show people that no matter who you are, as long as you got the story and the desire to help that you could write a book and you could do it much faster than you think. And so I created a challenge called Project Bestseller where I'm actually writing and launching my next book in 90 days or less. And the way I'm doing this is not only am I writing it, but I'm actually documenting everything that I'm doing along the journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing with people every single day. I'm sending daily text updates to tell them what I did. So we have people from all over the world following along and learning what I'm doing. And some of them are watching it so they could just kind of see the process. And other people are actually writing their book with me. So wow. it's been a really amazing thing. It's an incredible challenge. I'm really excited about it. It's pushing me to my next level. And I think it's, um, it's going really well so far. And um, a lot of people are really excited about it. So if anybody wants to join, come hang out. Let's do the damn thing and, and make it happen. Awesome. Is this the, the, the fastest you have written a book, 90 days? This will be the fastest I've gone from, from idea to launch. Um, okay. 90 days. The book, actually, I'll be writing the book in about 30 days. But for the entire process, writing and launching, it'll be a 90 day or less process. And that's incredibly fast um, to to do it. But a lot of authors and people that we work with write and launch a book in four to six months, um, depending on their launch strategy and a few other factors. But we have people that just launched a book in four and a half months. So I believe that I can execute on that. And and we're going to do it in 90 days. Um, to really show people that it's possible. Perfect. All right, Coach Jake, man, any last uh, closing remarks that you want to leave the athletes, the student athletes? I would just say this. If you got a dream, go after it. If you got people in your life, connect with them. If you want to make something happen, take action. And most importantly, no matter how big those dreams are, enjoy the pursuit of greatness. And if you can enjoy the pursuit of greatness, find great people in your life and take action every day, you will have a lot of W's. Awesome. A lot of W's, W's over L's, y'all. Man, it's been the Stats to Assets podcast. Coach Jake, you've been awesome. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. And I'm Coach E, and I'll see you when I see you. Peace.